0: another important conversation that is uh, getting ready to take place in the country, and uh, I'm not sure that the conversation's in full flight yet, uh, but talking about national reconciliation, the idea of recognising Indigenous people in the Constitution, and of course to do that uh, needs to be a referendum to make that happen. Well, two guests to talk to, a husband and wife, Norman and Barbara Miller. Uh, Now, you might remember, uh, Barbara's been a guest a number of times on 2020 and talking through some of the books that she has written. And so let's introduce our guest. Hello to Barbara. Hello to Norman. Welcome along to 2020 to the both of you.
1: Hello, Neil. Lovely to talk to you.
0: And Norman, nice to uh, hear your voice. Good to hear your voice too. A little bit of an echo on your line there, Norman. We'll just persevere with that for a, for a few moments. Barbara, let me come to you first. Uh, you've written a, a couple of great books, uh, one about William Cooper, uh, who you call a gentle warrior. Uh, just quickly uh, tell us about this sort of background in our uh, indigenous history that you've written about uh, and, uh, and about the Christian approach to national reconciliation. These things, I guess these all interact, don't they?
1: Yes, they certainly do. Uh William Cooper was a really a gentle warrior because he was a Christian and uh he lived from around about um 1860 through to um the uh, no, uh 1940 and basically he was someone who had a real um heart for the Lord. He was uh brought up on a mission, learned to read and write at Maloga, near the Murray River, and he had a real heart for um, equality and also for the uplift, as he called it, of Indigenous people. And he also had a heart for the downtrodden generally, which was why he stood up for uh, Jewish people in Kristallnacht in 1938, which was basically the start of the Holocaust in Europe.
0: You know, it's a great story, and I wish we could retell that today. Uh, we don't have all the time to be able to do that. Uh, but to, to mention that William Cooper is an outstanding uh, citizen... Uh, of Australia, an Indigenous Australian. And when you talk about his uh, representation of Indigenous people and Australians uh, in that uh, event there, standing up against the Nazis, it is a very, very powerful story.
1: He he led the only private protest worldwide against uh, Kristallnacht and he's been really honoured by the Jewish community in Australia um, and in Israel at Yad Vashem as a result of that.
0: Uh, now, just quickly, uh, your other book, your latest one, is called The European Quest to Find Terra Australis Incognita, uh, Quiros, Taurus and soon And uh, it's quite controversial insofar as you're talking about uh, explorers that were uh, visiting Australia's shores before Captain Cook. Uh, very quickly, in a nutshell, uh, your, your focus on that uh, on that tale. Yes.
1: And so 164 years before Captain Cook, in fact, um, the Dutch in the Doifkin made contact with Aboriginal people around the uh, Weeper, Marpoon, Aracoon area. And uh, also, at the same time, uh, De Quiros and uh, Torres, under the Spanish government, were looking for this uh, Great South Land of the Holy Spirit or Terra Australis Incognita, And, uh, in fact, Quiros thought he had found it, but he was on Vanuatu instead, and hence we have the uh, Declaration of the South Vans of the Holy Spirit over Australia and the uh, Pacific. Uh, Torres actually continued on without Quiros and uh, found the Torres Straits, but that was six months after the Dutch on Cape York.
0: Very interesting talking about indigenous history and, of course, that European history of explorers and uh, how there was interaction between. Uh, Indigenous people uh, well before Captain Cook and uh, just setting the scene as an uh, historian when it comes to some of these events, because what we're talking about today, uh, the recognition of Indigenous people in the Australian Constitution, the need for a referendum and, of course, the formation of a question that Australians would answer. Uh, Let me bring uh, Norman into the conversation here. Norman, uh, tell me about the boomerang petition that you've uh, got underway at this time.
2: Yes. yes, it's it's yeah. certainly been an interesting one, and uh, this is my going into my third year of campaigning with this um, this boomerang. Uh, what I've done in 2012 was I actually launched it, and it was in 2013 where I presented this quite large boomerang. It was about two meters, and on the boomerang it had no racism in the Constitution, and I had gathered. I mean, that's a lot of walking around the streets of Cairns of football matches. And I had I, I've gained over 2,115 signatures. Amongst those signatures, because I've been working on a, a grassroots campaign, was just people locally, um, white and black Australians. And interestingly, not a lot of uh, Indigenous nor non-Indigenous Australians were aware of the discrimination clause, clauses that's been in Federation and in the Constitution since Federation. And uh, so it's. It's my campaign is to raise an awareness and uh, you'd be very surprised, as I said, people even today just not um, realising of those uh, those issues that need to be um, uh, removed because they are un-Australian to the first Australians and uh, so that's been one of the campaigns. A lot of the um, people that have signed it is from community levels um, to Indigenous um, communities there as well, right up to the Cape York also Torres Strait Islands and uh, a lot of the mayors also from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander um communities, local mayors. And uh also I had one of the um mayors from Ipswich, actually Paul Pasala was one of the signatures um that that I have on this um petition. Also uh Steve Irwin's um father, the late Steve Irwin's father, Bob Irwin, also gave support there to it. So It's a continuing campaign. Now the aim is is no doubt to um, gain about 5,000 signatures for that.
0: Okay. Well, I guess there'd be a lot of people from Indigenous communities that will want to sign that petition. But what about uh, other uh, non-Indigenous Australians? I guess you'd like to see a major groundswell of people signing this petition and, uh, and, and getting it before the authorities.
2: Absolutely. And as, as, uh, I had mentioned, even though there was quite a few, but there's also a lot of uh, non-Indigenous people that have, um, signed it from all walks of life. And, uh, you know, they've been very, very happy to, um, see, uh, these things removed. Now, once I presented this, it was also presented, um, which I was working with the local MP here, but also, uh, Ken White. And, uh, Ken White is one of the first Indigenous, um, MPs from, from Haslick. And it was actually good to work with um, Ken in his office. He allowed me to uh, work within his office a couple of days while I was down there uh, in Parliament House. And uh, also, yeah, there was quite a few things that was happening at the time. And, and the boomerang was to go to Tony Abbott, and the, on the back of this boomerang had 360 60 signatures. And let me just um, just say that this one of the um, key. Uh, leaders uh, up this way was Dr. Evelyn Scott. Now she was uh, very instrumental as as well as um, Indigenous and non-Indigenous leaders from Melbourne um, but also a big push from up this way was when the 1967 referendum came about and many of them just travelled from Cairns, um, their own finances that, that they've met uh, and uh, they brought petitions to the government over a 10-year um, period to and, and when we know that it, that nineteen sixty seven was a breakthrough where ninety eight percent of Australians um did support that where we know that indigenous people was counted in the census as flora and fauna and um you know so that that in itself but what has has left is these clauses there now of um sections there still of uh that that constitution. May if I could just say this there too um, that section 25, which says that the states can ban people from voting based on their race, so we need to remove um, also section 51626, which can be used to pass laws that discriminate against um, people based on their races. So there's things that I've written on this boomerang with these 360 signatures. And I actually presented it to, um, uh, this Madam Speaker Bronwyn Bishop. As I said, it was to go to Tony Abbott, but there was quite a few things that was happening, um, there at the time. So Bronwyn Bishop now, um, has that hanging in her wall since last year. So this next petition that I've, um, I'm campaigning is Australians making history because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take from all Australians, um, to, to bring this big push. Um, to see, as I said, these discrimination laws because it is un-Australians to the first Australians, and I believe, as I said, this is um, something that uh, we we want to see um, happen with. Okay, the, Norman, the you're signatures. looking for
0: 10,000 signatures for that yes, uh, boomerang yes. campaign. Let me just uh, let me just say that uh, there is a national conversation that has begun. There is bipartisan support for recognising Indigenous people in the constitution Uh, you've got Christian groups like the Australian Christian Lobby, they are in principle supporting the constitutional recognition Uh, you've got uh, the Abbott government committing itself to a referendum but the timing and the wording of that referendum is still not yet decided Uh, there's also former Deputy Prime Minister John Anderson, he's appointed to chair the review panel so uh, there's a lot of activity that's really starting to Heat up, isn't there, when it comes to uh, the campaign for this uh, change of the constitution?
2: Yes, absolutely. There's quite a few things that's happening with recognise, and you know, it's it's good that uh, even uh, you know the the Christian churches have really gotten on board Um, there with this. I've probably been campaigning a little bit longer than recognise, and uh, also, as I said, it's it's good to see the um, Abbott government, but also in a bipartisan way because that's what it's going to take because. Both governments, whether uh, you know uh, Labour or Liberal or whatever government, this was in there since Federation, and I believe that it's it's an indictment um, on our nation, and it is un-Australian and unjust. And so I believe that I don't think um, the statement that John um, Anderson had uh, wanted to wait uh, for the 2017 um, election on that time, because that means it will be like the 50th anniversary to the 1967 one, I believe that momentum now it has to be um, to, that it has to be done and I, I as Australians and, and non indigenous Australians, I believe we don't have to wait till then we've waited um, long enough for unjust and un-Australian um, you know, that's that's been there and so I, I, I believe that when we speak of, of things I, we, we know we serve a God of righteousness and justice and uh, you know, those are his foundations and one of the things that i believe that as christians it's it's an, what we really need to work on is the justice and righteousness there of god to re- to be able to remove injustice um things that uh that good things can come about
0: Okay, Norman Norman and Barbara, stay with us. We'll come yeah. back and we'll continue our conversation in just a few moments. We want to talk to you about the wording. I want to talk to you about the dates. We'll continue our conversation in just a few moments. Norman and Barbara Miller, our guests, we're talking about a Christian approach to the national reconciliation, uh, including in our national constitution, recognition of Indigenous Australia. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil Johnson with you on 2020. We're talking about recognising Indigenous people in the Constitution. Our two guests, Norman and Barbara Miller, talking about a Christian approach to national reconciliation. Barbara, if I come to you as uh, in that, uh, in light of uh, things that you've written as a historian about Indigenous Australians, uh, how can you reflect on just how deeply hurt and how deep the pain is? Uh, for Aboriginal people, and and whether the recognition in the Constitution will go that step further in uh, in helping to heal wounds uh, and bringing some reconciliation.
1: Yes, Neil, and I, I, there has been quite a deep pain over this whole area, and there have been a number of things that have helped uh, to ease that over the years, and of course, that's what the reconciliation is is aimed at doing. I want to go back to um, when we had the uh, Europeans first came to Australia and it was considered that the land was uninhabited, was terra nullius. And so that basically means that Aboriginal people weren't people. And I don't think you can have a more painful thing happen than to say that you're not a person. You know, it really strips away your human dignity. And it wasn't until um, the Mabo decision in 1992 that that legal concept was turned over to be a legal fiction. And so that's only fairly recent history. And, of course, with the 1967 referendum, uh, Aboriginal people were counted, and all the people were counted in the uh, census as plants and animals, not as people. So that was a deeply painful thing too. And uh, to, in this day and age, to actually find out that Indigenous people are not in the Constitution, it's when the founding fathers of the nation Uh, got together and looked at Commonwealth rights and state's rights, Uh, Indigenous people, again, just weren't figured as people worthy of taking any notice of in terms of recognising, yes, they were the first peoples um, in in the land, and and we acknowledge that. Just a simple acknowledgement is um, all that Indigenous people are asking for. So there have been a lot of wounds of, of history, Um, I do think Kevin Rudd's um, apology regarding the Stolen Generation in 2008 went a really long way um, towards helping to um, ease that pain, and uh, so this is another step forward that we need um, to make on the journey. I wouldn't be saying that pain would be erased 100% from all Indigenous people um, in the nation, but... uh, historical wounds are being healed each step of the way and this is a major
0: step. So to recognize indigenous people in the constitution there needs to be a referendum. Uh, Norman coming back to you, uh, the wording of that referendum question is something that you hope can be uh, uh, I guess uh, uh, massaged and and uh, and put into place uh, for a referendum. Uh, there's often a lot of controversy over wording. Uh, what are your thoughts on on getting a wording for the constitution and, and referendum?
2: I think it'll take a, um, even though the expert panel has put quite a few things, um, there in, in place and, uh, things that, uh, that need to, uh, the whole thing, as I said, is, you know, education. And I heard the speech there of Tony Abbott, also, um, Bill Shorten. And, uh, I, I think that was, um, the right thing and, and, the timing and timing is, is certainly going to be important. But I, I also just believe that there needs to be, um, you know, quite a few of the, the elders, um, uh, and one of the things why I say that 2017 will be a little bit too far. I'll just go back to, um, the apology when Kevin Rudd, um, the apology of the Stolen Generation in 2008. I actually happened to be there. Uh, I lost my own father in 2007. I buried my own father in 2007. Now, he was one of the many of an Indigenous of indigenous elders that was not able to see that take place. Uh, also, my grandfather, who was part of the Stolen Generation, taken away from my great-grandmother at the age of five. So I was there in Parliament House. Uh, I remember Dad giving me a red tie. Um, it was... It was just before he went in 2007, and I didn't really understand it. But then I understood why he gave me this red tie. I actually wore that red tie in honour of my father and my great-grand and my grandfather that was not able to um, to be there when the apology. Now that was an incredible time. It was an incredible healing. Um, There's obviously still a lot of grief uh there's still a lot of um wounds of indigenous people that um you know they still need to come to that place of uh of 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 healing and it takes a time and it's a journey, but that was incredible where bipartisan government um stood together and I happened to be amongst the many thousands um there actually in two thousand and eleven I presented a large painting to Kevin Rudd, It was a two meter by two metre and I went from Cairns, It was, it was. I was by, really inspired by the coat and the story of Joseph and the many um, coat of colours. And uh, when his father Jacob or Israel gave him the coat, and he had a dream. And so I presented this large painting. There was 120 colours in this painting on a two metre scale. And I thought I should have run the Guinness Book of Records up, but that's to the point. The thing was, I. I heard the apology, apology, and I also forgave because reconciliation. When we talk about reconciliation, we talk about healing. It's a two-way thing. It's um, we we know of terms of identification, repentance, and standing in the gap as as in Christian terms. And so for me, and also a generation, and those um, Indigenous people that that are hearing, and many of your listeners, Indigenous non-Indigenous people, as they start to hear that it's it, it's a it's a whole journey it's reconciliation it's it's walking together it's it's the mistake that we've made in the past and say, look, we're going to not do those things. We we must walk um, in a way that, that, is, that is godly.
0: Norman, running short of time, uh, let me yeah. just ask you uh, if we're talking about 2017 as a possible date uh, for that referendum. I guess there's got to be fairly broad consultation. These things take time. Uh, I guess consultation with Aboriginal elders right around Australia is one of the things that would have to happen. Uh, very quickly, your response.
2: Yes, absolutely huge. There there still is a lot of work. Um, But I believe what Ken Wine and also Mick Gooder um, had said that it's been, we've waited too long and if we wait till 2017, it's going to lose momentum. So I've been doing quite a few things and I will still push and hopefully that boomerang again will, I call it the second coming. It, I'll um certainly will be presenting this large boomerang with the petitions um fairly, uh, very early within um the new year. So that's um and, and I'll also lobbying um government that's already um been taking place.
0: But, okay, uh, let me just I'm point people 20, to 20, a 20, website where they could sign that petition. You're looking for 10,000 signatures on the petition. It's called the Boomerang Petition, and uh, you could find that petition at a link when you go to com. That's Barbara Miller Books. You'll be able to also check out Barbara's books on William Cooper and also the European quest to find Terra Australis. And of course, uh, looking to inform yourself about issues to do with the Constitution and recognition of Indigenous Australians. Both Norman and Barbara, thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to
1: life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.